Today is October 4th, and you're tuned in to Born on This Day podcast. I'm Marco Timpano. And I'm Bill Antonio. And Bill, today's one of those days that I'm really happy about because it's National Vodka Day. Oh, yes. Well, I'm done. Thank you very much. That's our podcast. See you later. Yep. Well, you'll love this, Bill. In the British sitcom, Absolutely Fabulous, the only vodka that wor- that is worth drinking is... Stolly. Bolly Stolly. You got it. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, today, October 4th, we raise a shot glass in celebration of National Vodka Day. Oh, that's fantastic. I once drank 18 martinis on my birthday. Are you serious? Yeah, and I didn't have a hangover the next day. I didn't even get drunk. And they were vodka, I take it. I believe it. I believe so, yeah. I mean, who's checking? After, well, fair after enough. At a certain point, people are throwing them in your hands. You're like, whatever. It could be like soap and lye in there for all I know. How do you like your martini? Do you like it straight up with olives or lemon or um, Not anymore. I don't know. I've become a real wuss, and I find those to be way too strong for me. Okay. Um, the value of them being that it takes forever to drink them, so it's a good one to have if you want. If you don't want to be pounding them back one after the other, sure. Um, I do prefer. I'd also. I also don't like them super sweet, so I. Um, I like it with something, but not like a super fruity cosmopolitan or anything like that. So yeah, I don't know that I have found the ideal martini for me. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah. Well, Bill, I hope you enjoy a beautiful vodka martini today. I hope so too. And if you're born today, you're considered selfless in nature, and uh, you are a social creature and enjoy the great company of others in your life. Interesting. Um, I should also point out my favorite scene involving a martini in a movie, other than James Bond, obviously, um, is there's a movie called Living Out Loud with Holly Hunter, where she goes to a club. And she's sitting at a table drinking a martini and there are like five empty glasses in front of her and the right. server comes over to clear them. And she's like, no, no, no. And she like gathers them to her. She's like, it's the only way I can keep track. <laughs> well, that's amazing. Yeah. It's really funny. I also <laughs> hate martinis in old movies because it's before they started using the glasses. Old right. martini glasses are different than the classic, you know, long stem with the um, triangular, the, yeah. which is my favorite kind of glass. So, yeah. Anyway. Well, what do they look like in the old films? Like, other, um, Sometimes they have those, but they have different. They, James Bond doesn't always drink a martini in that kind of glass. They have like the okay. shorter, the shorter ones with like the rounded. Um, like a hot, like a highball or like a, like an old of. fashioned glass. Okay. Yeah. Kind of. Yeah. Mm. Anyway. Um, but we're not here to talk about booze. We're here to talk about celebrities, which sometimes yes, is right. the same thing, but not in the <laughs> case of our first uh, celebrant. Our first celebrant is Rachel Lee Cook, who became a teen star in the late 90s with her roles in She's All That and Josie and the Pussycats. Later, she appeared in Red Sky and Broken Kingdom, and she performs voices on Robot Chicken. She was born on this day in Minneapolis, Minnesota in 1979. Katrina Balfi made her first debut in the J.J. Abrams film Super 8, and starred in Now You See Me. That's a magician film, right? Yeah, I've never seen it. Me either. Or the scene. Uh, but, <laughs> but she became a fan favorite with her performance as Claire in the series Outlander, for which she has been nominated for four Golden Globes. Last year, she appeared in Ford, versus, or Ford v. Ferrari and was born on this day in Dublin, Ireland in 1979. Now You See Me is the movie that made me realize that like popular culture eludes me completely because it was such a big hit that there was a sequel and it never even occurred to me to even try to see either of them. And I'm like, oh, I am clearly not the mainstream given that all these people are watching this movie without my even noticing it. Well, I think if you watch Now You See Me 2, you don't necessarily need to have watched the first one to get what's going on. <laughs> right, it's like porn. <laughs> 
Dakota Johnson made her film debut appearing in Crazy in Alabama with her mom, Melanie Griffith, then 11 years later made a more auspicious debut in the Oscar-winning The Social Network, before making headlines when she took on the lead role of Anastasia Steele in the adaptations of E.L. Gray's Fifty Shades books. She has also starred in Suspiria, A Bigger Splash, and The Peanut Butter Falcon, and was born on this day in Austin, Texas in 1989. Alicia Silverstone won the American Comedy Award for her critically acclaimed performance in Amy Heckling's Hecklerlings. <laughs> How the hell do you say her name? Heckerling. Heckerling's Clueless, an adaptation of Jane Austen's Emma, and became a movie star and film producer at the age of 20, if you can believe it, going on to star in Batman and Robin, Excess Baggage, and Blast from the Past. More recently, she starred in The Killing of a Sacred Deer and on the Babysitter's Club series and was born on this day in San Francisco, California in 1976. She also writes cookbooks, right? Like vegetarian cookbooks yeah. or something? And talks about um, mashing up her baby's food like a bird before putting it in their mouth, something like that? Yeah, that's yeah. kind of gross, but yeah. 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 Well, celebrities. <laughs> Christoph Waltz made his first appearance on television in Austria in 1977, but for the rest of the world, he came out of nowhere when his performance as Colonel Hans Landa in Quentin Tarantino's World War II revisionist fantasy Inglorious Bastards earned him the Best Actor Prize at the 2009 Cannes Film Festival, then saw him sweep that, a year's, that year's awards season and win an Oscar for Best Supporting Actor. He followed it with a second Oscar for Tarantino's Django Unchained and starred in Big Eyes, The Legend of Tarzan, and as the latest incarnation of the Bond villain Blofeld in 2015's Spectre. He was born on this day in Vienna in 1956. Susan Sarandon accompanied her husband Chris Sarandon to an audition and was encouraged to try out for a part herself. Then before she knew it, she was cast in her first film, Joe by John G. Avildsen. In 1969. You might remember him because he directed Rocky, Bill. Oh, I didn't know that. That's cool. Yeah. 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 <laughs> she appeared in the cult classic, The Rocky Horror Picture Show, five years later. And then in 1981, received her first Oscar nomination for Louis Mal's Louis Atlantic City. At 42, she became a runaway sex symbol as the lead in the 1988 comedy hit, Bill, Bull, Bull Durham. Not Bill Durham. Although I'd love to see that, Bill. Sure. Yeah. It's the second time you've put me in the bathtub with Kevin Costner. Again, not complaining, but. <laughs> then then she received an Oscar uh, nomination for Thelma and Louise, Lorenzo's Oil, The Client, and finally won the prize for Dead Man Walking in 1995, where she played a nun, if I'm not mistaken. She did, yes. Sister Helen Prejean, to be specific, yeah. Recently, she appeared in Blackbird, A Bad Mom's Christmas, and was nominated for an Emmy for the series Feud, which she was marvelous in. Mm-hmm. And she was born on this day in New York City in 1946. Who else who premiered in 1969 is still as current as Susan Sarandon? Like, we don't even... I know that she's obviously older. She's in her 70s. But we, we talk about her like she's a current movie star. Yeah. And there's no one else who premiered that early on, you know? You know, Bill, she's she's yet again one of those actors, and I don't even think it needs to be said, that she makes anything she's in better, she whether it's a great does. script or not. Yeah. Uh, she's so watchable, uh, and she's she's a chameleon because she's a very beautiful and and alluring woman, right? Mm-hmm. And yet she can play roles where she's like like that, like in um, Dead Man Walking, where mm-hmm. she's like this compassionate nun. Like, it's just incredible what she can do on screen. She's also a particularly great film actor in that you put the camera up close to her face and you can read everything happening in her mind uh, yeah. without her doing very much. You know, she has 
an incredible skill in that regard, which for somebody who did not have any ambitions as an actor until they fell into it is really interesting. Yeah. Divine destiny. Yeah. Liev Schreiber made his film debut in Nora Ephron's comedy bomb Mixed Nuts, but gained a following later with his roles in Sphere, Scream 3, Kate and Leopold, and The Painted Veil, then shot to stardom with his role on the hit series Ray Donovan, for which he has been nominated for five Golden Globes and three Emmys. He recently starred in the Oscar-winning Spotlight and was born on this day in San Francisco in 1967. Wendy McKenna stole hearts as the shy but vocally impressive Sister Mary Robert in the 1992 surprise hit Sister Act, a role which she reprised in the sequel while also appearing on the short-lived League of Their Own TV adaptation in the films Air Bud and Finding North and the shows Judging Amy and NCIS. She was recently in A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood with Tom Hanks and was born on this day in New York City in 1958. Charlton Heston is most famous for his roles in ancient epics, playing Moses in the Ten Commandments and his Oscar-winning performance as the title role in the mega-hit 1959 epic Ben-Hur. Plus, he appeared in Orson Welles' Touch of Evil as a Mexican, and later (laughs) in the disaster films Earthquake, Airport 1975, and the sci-fi cult classic Soylent Green. His most popular film is likely the 1968 classic Planet of the Apes, and he made an appearance in the 2001 Tim Burton remake by which time he was more famous for his controversial involvement with the NRA than with his acting. He was born on this day in Wilmette, Illinois in 1923. He died in 2008 at the age of 84. I wonder if anyone's tried to remove the rifle from his cold, dead hands. (laughs) He was definitely buried with at least one of them. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Wally Pfister was Christopher Nolan's regular cinematographer until he broke away to direct his own films, leaving the door open for Hoyt Van Hoytema to become Nolan's collaborator. Van Hoytema shot Dunkirk and Tenet for the filmmaker, earning an Oscar nomination for the former, and also worked on Ad Astra, Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy, and Let the Right One In. He was born on this day in Switzerland in 1971. Armand Desante gained notice in the 1978 Sylvester Stallone film Paradise Alley, then went on to appear in the comedy hit Private Benjamin, the teen sex farce Little Darlings, and the remake of Preston Sturges's Unfaithfully Yours. Later, he appeared in The Marrying Man, Judge Dredd, Ridley Scott's American Gangster, and Dead Man Down with Colin Farrell. He won an Emmy Award for playing John Gotti in the television movie about the famed mobster and was nominated for four Golden Globes. He was born on this day in New York City in 1949. And to this day, anytime anyone mentions John Gotti, I cannot picture the real guy. I picture Amar Armand Asante. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. I, I actually served him in a restaurant I worked on in, worked in in New York City. Oh. And he couldn't have been lovelier. Yeah, Bill. of course. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, he was great. I'm going to let you take the next one, Bill, because I think you'd rather say it than hear me try to say anything that's in Oh, no. I get great pleasure out of listening to you try to say names, Marco. Please be my guest. Okay, here we go. Chai K. Cario made Mm. his debut. Not not bad, right? You you overcomplicated. It's just Checky. Just pretend the the T's not there, yeah. Okay. Checky Cario made his debut in The Return of Martin Gare with Gerard Depardieu. Going on to give a series of acclaimed performances in the 80s in Full Moon in Paris, The Bear, and La Femme Nikita. Later appeared in the in the 1492 Conquest of Paradise. Is that a film? Yeah. 1492. The one about Conquest Christopher Columbus. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Bad Boys with Will Smith. I know that one. And Neil Jordan's The Good Thief. He was born on this day in Istanbul in 1953. That was great. 
Vicky Creeps gave an acclaimed performance in Paul Thomas Anderson's Oscar-winning film Phantom Thread in 2017, making herself well-known to audiences who had only seen her in small roles in Hannah, Anonymous, and A Most Wanted Man. She was recently in The Girl with the Spider's Web and was born on this day in Luxembourg in 1983. Sarah Lancashire is a familiar face on British television, Bill, appearing as Raquel on 525 episodes of Coronation Street in the 90s later starring in Last Tango in Halifax, and on the Netflix series that has made her familiar to viewers everywhere else, the police show Happy Valley, which I hear is fantastic and I have yet to see. Mm -hmm. She was born on this day in Oldham, England in 1964. Much like Ken Weatherwax, who played Pugsley Adams on the hit 60s television show and never played any other role, Jimmy Workman ceased to be interested in acting after appearing in the role of the Adams youngster in the two Adams family films in the 90s, starring in Black Sheep and Christmas in Connecticut, but retiring from acting after appearing in The Biggest Fan in 2002. He began working behind the camera on the technical side of production and is now a member of Teamsters Local 399. He was born on this day in Fairfax, Virginia in 1980. I love that you know his his uh, union affiliation there, Bill. Yeah, yeah. I love a Teamster. Well, what can I say? Well, yeah. uh, if, if you can't love a Teamster, who can, Bill? Yeah. <laughs> Russell Simmons was born in New York City in 1957. He is an American entrepreneur, record executive, writer, and film producer. He is the chairman and CEO of Rush Communications, co-founder of the hip-hop music label Def Jam Recordings, and created a clothing fashion line known as Fat Farm. Simmons' net worth was estimated at $340 million in 2011. Simmons has been accused of serious sexual misconducts and assaults of 20 women and has stepped down from his position in Def Jam Recordings and other companies as a result of these allegations. In 2018, he was report, it was reported that Simmons had moved to Bali, Indonesia, where, he, where there is no extradition treaty to the U.S. He yeah, and where he basically to... owns the island. I love how proud we are of getting these people out of their jobs. It's, it's like, oh, I did all these terrible things, and now I don't even have to work. I get to just sit around and enjoy $340 million in the bank account. We really it... showed him, Marco. Yeah, I know. <laughs> it's amazing. It, it, you know, the best revenge would be to take his all his money, like you're saying, Bill. Like, he he's living the highlight in Bali and doesn't have to worry about anything, and he most probably assaulted 20 if not more women yeah i mean i don't mean for this to turn into a pop psychology podcast in any sure. way i am not a doctor but my feeling is that people behave that way because they have an ego uh no matter what you take away from them they will always see themselves as the victim the underdog uh you take away all his money he's just gonna climb his way back up there again do you know what i mean there's a lack you. of empathy that people have that makes them behave that way and everyone thinks you know if we shame them it'll teach them but they don't feel shame that's why they behave that way in the first place so you know i i i don't know how much we can do we can do about yeah. these people other than keeping them out of harm's way basically well look stay bill in cosby, bali is what i'm saying stay in bali live on your island and enjoy your money bill cosby's spending the rest of his life in jail so you know sometimes yeah but uh, it, he's spending a very very small percentage of his life in jail even if he you know, like de depending on how much longer he can live as an 80 something year old man, he, he got to enjoy behaving that way for a very, very, very long time before his 
power was taken away, it would be more, it would, it would speak more to a change in the way we do things if we caught these people and stopped them when they were at their most economically powerful. But we right. always get them when they are weakened in every other way. Harvey Weinstein was on his way out of the business. Bill Cosby was an old man who was no longer, you know, everyone's favorite father on television. Or so relevant. Yep. It's so much easier to believe when they no longer have any other uh, cultural cachet. And, you know, I mean, I'm, I understand these things are all easier said than done. I'm not criticizing how, other, you know, how the world deals with these things. But in terms of changing things, I don't think it makes that big a difference that we got Bill Cosby when he was 85 years old and, and too weak to actually drug a woman and lock her in a closet. You're right. You know. Hundred so. percent. I agree with you, Bill. That's just my that's just my two cents. You can cut all of it out. I, I won't. Care. I won't because but, I think it's very. I think it's very important. Yeah. Anyway, um, <clears throat> moving on to birthdays. Uh, Alan <laughs> Rosenberg has been in the films The Last Temptation of Christ, Righteous Kill, and Happy Birthday Gemini, which was covered on an episode of my Bad Game Movies podcast. But he's better known for his work on television as a regular on LA Law, as Ira on Sybil and most recently on episodes of Shameless. He was Emmy-nominated for a guest spot on ER, and he was born on this day in Passaic, New Jersey in 1950. Well, Bill, rounding off our list is Buster Keaton. Uh, Buster Keaton was essential to the development of comedy on film, performing his incredible stunts with his famous stony face in over 100 shorts and features in the silent era, and continuing to make appearances on films until his death in 1966 at the age of 70. His films, The General and Steamboat Bill Jr., are now considered classics, and his incredible career has been the subject of numerous documentaries. He received an honorary Oscar for his career achievement in 1960 and was born on this day in Pekin, Kansas, in 1895. Have you seen any Buster Keaton movies, Marco? You know, I've seen a series of clips of the stunts he's done, right. and he's absolutely incredible, but I can't tell you a, a film that I've seen him in in its sudden time. Well, it is worth watching those stunts because they are amazing, but um, some of the films truly are classics, and I would recommend everyone begin with The General, which is probably my favorite of the ones I have seen. Wow, what a, yeah. what a, like, like, you, I can just imagine, like, back then, the stunts that he did, and, you know, they're sort of laissez-faire attitude towards that it must have been incredibly well, dangerous their laissez-faire attitude towards safety is what you mean because yeah. he did them yeah. all himself and he really was taking his life into his own hands every time it's he did them it's uh, incredible it is incredible yeah he was he was a he, he, definitely one of the architects of cinema crazy well listen Bill I had a great time today I hope you did too I did as well Marco join us tomorrow for more Born on This Day podcast <laughs>